Hello and welcome to Pumped, the Inside Podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Bogon and I'm talking here with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross country or from road racing to triathlon. And today I'm talking to Amity Rockwell. Amity is a gravel athlete, something which is not really common here in Europe, but a big thing in the US. We talk about gravel racing, the unbound gravel and why she likes to come to Europe for racing. Thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast with us. Where are you right now? Um, yes, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am actually in Chicago right now. Um, <laughs> I'm on the road in between a few different blocks of racing. Um, but typically I'm in San Francisco. That's home for me. So, Okay. So um, you are a gravel athlete. Something yes. which just <laughs> starting to happen in Europe that athletes um, specializing on gravel. What exactly is a gravel athlete? <laughs> I wish I wish there were a, a simple answer to that. Um, <laughs> the truth is nobody really knows. Um, it, it's my job and I don't even really know the, the answer to that. Um, <laughs> We've certainly tried to put de different definitions of it um, out into the world, but none of them stick, I think, because it is such like this cool in-between space for cycling. Um, I think it's best kind of defined by what it is not. Like, it, it isn't road racing and it isn't mountain biking. <laughs> um, but basically any of that space between, like, that's where gravel is and that's, you know, something you can call gravel. Um But I think at a very, like, basic level, um, most of the racing I do um, is, yeah, I mean, best suited for gravel bikes, which are essentially you cyclocross bikes that are, um, the geometry has been changed to make them better for endurance. Um, because another aspect of it is that usually these things are fairly long events. Um, uh, the one I just completed was 200 miles, um, but they're anywhere kind of between 50 and 200 something. Um, and so that's, I guess, another way to sort of try to define them. Um, but surfaces, I mean, gravel, I think, you know, you hear the word gravel, it, you kind of can picture the road in your head that, you know, we might be talking about, but yeah. most of the racing I do, it's a mix. It's pavement, it's single track, it's dirt, it's like sand it's it's gravel it's big rocks it's small rocks like um it's it's kind of this big mix of everything and so you have to be good at all of it <laughs> yeah so so it's pretty much every um yeah every ground but um the the big thing is that these events are super long mm -hmm. and um i mean 200 miles this is on on a gravel or on on little rocks and, and stuff this is this is pretty hard i guess um so you come from a a running background and you have yes. have done a, a lot of long distance runs before um what brought you to, uh, to cycling then um i it was kind of like a right place right time sort of situation i never really planned to quit running i mean i i still run um but i i certainly wouldn't call myself a runner anymore um but 
It's, I mean, it's typical with running that you have all these little injuries that you are battling all the time and you sort of maintain them, but, um, it's, it's hard to, to it's hard to sustain. Um, and so I took a little bit of a break, um, Mm -hmm. maybe six years ago. Um, and it had just so happened that I'd also moved back to the Bay Area in California at the same time. Um, where the cycling community is so big and so strong. And so I really quickly made a lot of friends who were really into bikes. And I started riding more and more and more. And I sort of realized, like, I don't know, like all the potential <laughs> that, that cycling had for me. Like it was, I mean, it was overwhelming, but I, I absolutely loved it. And I could tell there was something there and something that kind of had more gravity for me than, than running ever did. Um, because I really, I love, I just, I love the combination of not just physical fitness, but you know, the handling skills and like, uh, I don't know. There's like, it's such a more dynamic sport. Um, and then especially when you put racing in the mix, it's like racing is so tactical and so interesting that way too. And so just all these different, kind of angles that I could approach it from and then the community on top of that it was like this really social thing for me too um Mm -hmm. so running is pretty (laughs) pretty, uh, we're yeah you go go and run alone right when you're on a on a special place I mean it's it's different yes it's much it's much more anti-social but I never I mean I didn't I didn't mind that like I've I've kind of been a loner and that's fine um but <laughs> but I certainly certainly found that I, I made a lot more friends when I was when I was biking. So when you were still running and uh, you told us that you l- like to not have just the the physical side, also the technical. Have you mm-hmm. been running uh, trail running or just miles and miles on the road? Um, I was always on the trails, um, and it's true. Like there's there is a little bit of technical. Um, skill there but it's more like I feel like that is more just intuition um, Mm -hmm. more so than bikes you have these like really specific things you can work on like techniques for cornering techniques for like you know going over different surfaces all these things whereas running it was just kind of like you know just keep trying (laughs) like (laughs) like it's much more vague it was nothing I could really like you know work on work on um Whereas like even now like I've been I've been mountain biking a lot more in the last like two years and that is this whole other world of like really thinking about like the physics of stuff and like you know where your weight is and like all that is so interesting to me so yeah I mean this is this is my next question I mean you're from the Bay Area which is pretty much the birthplace of of mountain biking mm-hmm. and there are so many good trails and and stuff around um, when you started to go biking have you um have you first started mountain biking because of all the trails and stuff or did you switch directly on gravel bikes or on road bikes um i think my first bike was a road bike um and that's that was really just because that was the bike i could afford at the time um (laughs) mountain bikes are, are more expensive but um we I would I would say that that where I am is home to you know the best riding in any discipline. Um, the road riding is world class. The mm-hmm. gravel riding is world class. And honestly, like I, while it's where mountain biking started, um, it's not. There isn't like as much you can do 
on a mountain bike um there is some there there's a little bit of drama in the area about which trails are open to bikes and you know who should be allowed where and um the terrain is challenging but not uh there there's like <laughs> there's other places you can go like Santa Cruz or like up to the mountains um where there's a bit more to offer in in that sense so i think where i am it's it's truly a like the best place for for gravel riding. Um I can leave my house and get on dirt like in 5 or 6 miles and stay on dirt for, you know, as long as I want and just go forever and ever. Um <laughs> and it's really like having a gravel bike there that like, you know, is okay like on a variety of surfaces, like it really kind of just opens up everything <laughs> um yeah. for as far as you want to go, which is a pretty incredible thing. So. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds incredible. Um <laughs> when you talk about a gravel bike in Europe it's pretty much a yeah it, it it's a different thing because most of the people having gravel bikes just riding on roads mm -hmm. or they use it for bike picking like putting all oh, the yeah. stuff on it and um, <laughs> but there's not really racing mm -hmm. um when did this racing thing popped up in the US um, to be honest, um, way before I started riding bikes, <laughs> um, and then, I mean, you could, I hear a lot of people say too that, um, like, like gravel was the first, <laughs> the first form of cycling. Like you have like Strada, Strada Bianche, you have like, you know, yeah. all these like roads like over in Europe that are gravel that like you guys have just been riding road bikes on forever and not mm -hmm. really making a big deal out of it um, <laughs> but I think like the kind of American style of gravel racing um, started you know mostly in the Midwest um, like you know that was most similar to how it is now um, maybe I would say up even like 20 years ago I mean I don't know as much of the history as I should um <laughs> but it was it was it was really small then I think it was more like you know a bunch of friends going out and riding all these like farm roads um on you know whatever bike they happen to have yeah. and then the series that I race um that's local to me um the, it's called the grasshopper adventure series um, the guy who runs those, and those are like a mix of, you know, road and single track and like creek crossings and like, you know, all this crazy stuff, um, like giant mountains and crazy descents. Um, those are, those have been going on for over 20 years now, but the first ones were really just like the organizer and like, you know, 10, 20 of his buddies, like trying to go on these really, really hard rides that nobody else would do. So, um, <laughs> So that was kind of the birth of it. And then, I mean, it's it just, like, people gravitate to it because it is just so interesting and such, like, a unique challenge, I think, um, that, you know, it was it was going to, to explode like this at some point just because of how interesting it is. And I just happened to have gotten into it, like, at exactly the right time when when it, it did become, you know, its own thing. So Yeah. Um. You did also a little bit of road racing before, mm -hmm. but what makes gravel better than road racing? Um, the number one thing for me is that it's it's longer. It's much, much longer. 
-hmm. you're never ever going to find a woman's road race that's 200 miles <laughs> i mean even even you know men rarely get to race that far um there's a few like you know stages of the giro or whatever that kind of come close but mm -hmm. um I really I love the distance um so so that was kind of number one for me and then women's cycling I think everywhere both in Europe and the U.S. is still like a pretty small <laughs> small thing um and it's growing a lot but it's still like it's it's an amazing opportunity and if it's an amazing feeling for me to start a race with you know hundreds of other people or like a thousand other people at Kansas and I just can't get that opportunity on the road um because it is like the women's race is separate and it's shorter so it's like you know there's you there's sometimes only like 10 of us out there like in the earlier road races I did but like at most it'll be like 50 and that's just you know it's a completely different dynamic than to just how the race plays out and who works with who and you know everything that goes on so Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different sport. <laughs> okay. And what does a normal gravel race look like? So what is the distance? Um, how many people? And yeah. So. Um, <laughs> there, is, there is no standard, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> um, so on one end of the spectrum, you have a race like Unbound Gravel in Kansas. And that, I think, the overall number of people registered across like all they, they have a few different distances um it's over 2,000 people um and then in the main event which is the 200 mile um probably you know a thousand and something um thousand people and it's almost but that race is probably 98 on gravel and dirt um And mostly not technical, but definitely some some sections that are more challenging skill wise. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's one side of it. But then on the other side, like I just got back from a race in Oregon, and there were maybe like 200 people there, not 2,000. Um, and that was only 88 miles, but you know, 50 were road and 20 something were single track, and uh, like 20 were. Um, like a dirt road <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and then yeah but that's also a gravel race so <laughs> so really like you can choose to specialize um, yeah. or you can kind of choose to try to be good at everything which is more what I do because I, I I'm really good at the longer stuff but I also really enjoy the challenge and the uniqueness of you know our kind of west coast style events that that mix a bunch of different things together so but if, if you have to pick you would go for the long distance or <laughs> if I if I made the perfect gravel race for me <laughs> it would be it would be 200 miles but it would be a mix of all different kinds of terrain because I really really love to kind of push the limits of these bikes I like to you know <laughs> take them on mountain bike trails and I like to you know just kind of I don't know get a little silly in that in that direction so um, yeah sort of There, there is a perfect combination of the two somewhere, um, okay. but no, nobody's made that race yet, so <laughs> I'll keep waiting. <laughs> um, is it just my feeling, or do more women um, participate in gravel races than road races? Or is it more I, because the, the gravel people are more Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is a more welcoming environment. Um, because too, like I find that road racing is really, um, 
it's it's focused on you know a result it's focused on showing up and and trying to you know do well or get on the podium or something whereas um gravel tends to be like a little bit more welcoming like there's Mm -hmm. a ton of people who come to these events just to go for a beautiful ride in a beautiful place with you know hundreds of other people who are excited about doing the same thing and so kind of creating that environment and not you know saying like oh you have to show up and prove something or you have to show up and you know be a top athlete or whatever (laughs) like um it's just sort of it's it's a bike ride with with friends and I think that kind of not only welcomes more women but just welcomes you know more people overall from like you know all different backgrounds so you end up with a much more diverse field of people um and it's much more interesting that way so um but yeah I do think that overall too um like the The races we have that are considered to have, like, high female participation, it's, like, usually kind of 30% of the field, Mm -hmm. um, which is a much bigger percentage than you would find, like, you know, comparing a men's and a women's, like, road race at the same event. So, yes, definitely. Okay. And you you just have done the Unbound Gravel, um, and everyone is talking about it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you're probably all very tired of hearing about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, so what exactly is so special on this race? Because, um, yeah, gravel racing is it's uh, growing up, and everyone is talking about it here in Europe. But mm-hmm. the unbound gravel is this particular race where everyone yes. is talking about. <laughs> what is so? What is so special? It is. It is very hard to put a finger on it, um, but I would say it comes down to this really amazing energy that is just behind the event. Um, I think the distance, for one, um, is sort of on the line of what's possible for a lot of people, so you end up with a lot of people coming just to really find out what they are truly capable of um like not knowing if they can finish not knowing if they can do it um but knowing like you know that they'll have an experience out there one way or another um but from the beginning that race has really just been about community and so it's kind of an amazing thing where you have yeah like the front end of it is this like huge battle between like world tour professionals and like lifelong cyclists and these really really talented people but then it's all kind of surrounded by just this like amazing energy of of all these just regular people who are there to do exactly the same thing and you just all get to share that together um and on such a big scale like it's truly like there's nothing else that feels like that (laughs) and it's just it's really special in that way um but I would say ultimately like it's it's one of those things like you really just have to experience it to know um what I'm talking about it's kind of impossible to to put words to to what goes on there so Yeah, I, I encourage absolutely everybody to, to do it <laughs> at least once in their life. <laughs> and how was uh, your race this year? Um, it was really good. Um, I felt really good. I think I um, rode really, really well at the beginning. Um, probably, you know, better than I did in 2019 when I when I won the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've gotten a little bit better at positioning. I've gotten more confident because the first... 
the first couple hours of this race every year, it's kind of this insane, like, I mean, it's like the start of a road race. Um, it's just a mass start, except that you're all on dirt and there's just so many people. And so every year it's like a little bit sketchy. It's a little bit, um, uh, people, people don't like it so much. Like, and it used to stress me out, but this is my third time doing this race. And so I was like a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable riding in the pack and, you know, was able to be a little bit more assertive about, uh, keeping my position because everybody's just fighting all like the whole time. Everybody's, you know, trying to, trying to get in a good spot. Um, so I think I, I, I played the beginning really, really well. Um, and then just myself as an athlete, I know that I tend to feel better in the second half of anything than I do in the first. Like the first is, is very much about just warming up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, I mean, I, I rode very consistently. I was probably fifth or sixth, um, by the first checkpoint, which is at mile 50, um, and yeah, eventually everyone ahead of me sort of had issues or, you know, ran out of energy or, you know, realized just how far 200 miles is, um, <laughs> except, uh, the one girl who, who beat me, she did come by me probably about halfway, um, mm-hmm. halfway through the race. And she was going fast enough at that point that I knew if I chased her, then I would, you know, maybe like not be able to finish um like it was it was just too too big of an effort for me right then um and I I thought for sure she would she would come back as well but um that never quite happened I think she was like a little bit luckier with finding people to work with out there and I was mostly alone um which was very difficult because it was really windy Mm -hmm. so having nobody to help and and chasing all that distance by myself um I wasn't quite able to to make it back up to her um before she finished so I think ultimately I was about 15 minutes behind her which which sounds like a lot until you realize that the race is over 12 hours and then it doesn't sound so bad um yeah but but yeah I uh I I don't I don't think I have any regrets I think she was ultimately probably a little bit stronger than me on the day um but yeah, it's 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 certainly very good motivation, and it's really really nice to prove, you know, after winning it, kind of yeah, as like a surprise win in, in 2019. I don't think you know a lot of people had picked me to win that. Um, so mm-hmm. to to come back and get get second kind of proves <laughs> proves that it wasn't just you know a one time thing, and it yeah. proves that I really you know belong at the front of these races, which is it's it's always a good feeling to know yeah. that that's possible. So. So your racing time was 12 hours 22, which is so long on gravel roads. Um, <laughs> and a lot a lot can happen. Um, do you normally work with other racers or how is the how is the atmosphere in in such a race? Do you work in groups? What happened when when you get a um, a mechanical? Do you help uh-huh. each other or are you alone in the in the wild? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is a another another kind of funny question because gravel is so new that there aren't many rules at all. Um, and if anything, there's kind of this um, attitude that that we don't really want a lot of rules. That you know, rules are for road cycling, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, and that this is you know for fun and it should be you know casual and. Um, 
I don't know, not too stressful and, and all that. Um, but because there are no rules, there's a few different ways to approach the race. Um, some women, uh, including the women who won uh, the event this year, um, they come with uh, a, they come with a few men who have kind of decided to help her out instead of maybe going for their own result, mm-hmm. um, and that's totally allowed. Um, <laughs> but me personally, I I don't know. I'm 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 very independent, and I like to do these things on my own. I think it it means more to me that way, mm-hmm. um, and so. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting dynamic when you're out there, you know, racing against people who have such a different strategy than you. Um, but for me, I, I work with a lot of men during the race, but it's never people, you know, it's not people who I would ever, you know, ask to sacrifice their race for, for my race. So it's like, if I find a group of, you know, five or six people, sometimes we all join together, um, just like in road racing and we, you know, we'll pace line or we'll, we'll all take poles on the front and kind of do an equal share of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's great when that happens. Um, but it is kind of just luck. Like you have to, you know, <laughs> hope that your, your timing is right. Hope that you end up in the same place as these people and that, you know, they they all feel good enough to, to help you and for you to help them. Um, and but no, I mean, typically in the front end of a race, like where people are competing and trying to get, you know, a top result, if you if you have a mechanical, if you have a flat, like you are kind of on your own. Um, so you do you do have to carry a lot of, of things just in case everything goes wrong and you have yeah. to know how to do everything yourself and, you know, be really self-sufficient. But I like that side of it too. Um, that's all, you know, a part of the, the game is <laughs> is being able to, you know, diagnose those problems and like fix them really quickly as well. Um, because yeah, there's, there's no way to race that far on dirt and not have anything go wrong. So (laughs) I I bet, especially on, on, on gravel, um, in, in such a long time, a flat is the, the most common technical you, you get, especially when you get a little bit tired and you not not, uh, so uh, focused on, on everything. Schreiber just um, released their first race gravel um, tire, yes. the the G1R. Um, mm-hmm. Do you notice that the tire was specially made for for racing? Yes. So <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I in 2019 when I when I won this this race, um, I was on the G1 all rounds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't flat, and that's crazy out there. Like almost, like almost everybody flats, um, but I didn't flat, and a lo- like that was such a help to me in winning because I think every basically everybody who was my direct competitor out there, like they all flatted at least once. Um, and so I came out of that race, and I was like, "This is the best tire ever. I'm never riding any other tire." Um, <laughs> And then this spring, I was talking to Schwalbe, and they were like, "Oh, we have this new tire, da da da." And I said, "No, I said, <laughs> I said I need, I need the all around. That's it. That's the tire. Like it worked before. I don't want to change anything. You know why? Why mess with something that's perfect?" Um, but they they sent me a few pairs um, before the release, and I. I got some good rides on them and I, I took them down all the, the crazy trails that I like to ride at home. Um, and I, you know, I was not easy on them and they, they seemed to hold up really, really well. Um, and so a few more conversations and like a lot of miles later, 
I said, okay, like, I trust you. <laughs> um, I will, I will give these a chance. And, uh, sure enough, I had, I had no flats. Um, and not only that, but I do, I definitely feel like the ride feel of them is a lot smoother. It's a lot faster. Um, and they engage with the gravel a lot, like, a little better. Um, I find them to be like a little bit, it's an interesting mix because they are they're grippier um, on the loose stuff and especially mm-hmm. on like the the really steep climbs I find I can stand up a little more often um, and get more traction there but they also feel like they roll faster um, and I unfortunately I don't know enough about like the technical side of it <laughs> um, to know how that's even possible because it seems like those two things should contradict each other um, but it is it's it's really like this perfect perfect balance between fast but clearly very strong um because i i did not take it easy during that race and <laughs> and they had absolutely no problems i think they're they're honestly still on my bike now i didn't even have to change them because so, <laughs> they've been through a few more races since and they're still still going strong <laughs> yeah, that's that's good when you um so you, you told us that there are not so many rules in, in gravel racing mm-hmm. are you afraid that um there when the racing gets more and more professional that it will lose a little bit the the easy lifestyle and this um yeah Yes, and it already has, I think. <laughs> um, it's not it's not the same environment it was um, when I started racing. Um, but I, I personally can't complain because <laughs> as it gets more serious, it becomes a legitimate career for me as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, six years ago when I started, um, even if I was getting the, the results that I am now, it would kind of just be like, you know, a good job, <laughs> like be like a pat on the back and, you yeah. know, maybe I would get a free bike, but like it wouldn't be a career. Um, and as it gets more serious and as more, you know, companies start to pay attention and more people start to be interested in the media around it and it kind of, you know, pulls more people into the sport, um, it becomes a illegitimate career for me um which is crazy and it's a wonderful opportunity and I think too then you know we have yeah all the the world tour people coming over and then like people like me who get to um really focus on it instead of you know being like a road racer who also rides gravel sometimes or like you know somebody with a completely different job who just like does this on the weekends like it's really it's kind of a force to be reckoned with now and I think yeah obviously that does come with some sacrifices of like you know (laughs) the the easy vibes and the you know drinking beer halfway through (laughs) but um there is still like I think that still exists if you know where to look for it. Um, there's still plenty of small local races with with a, a, a more relaxed attitude. They're just now there's just also races like um, like Kansas. So <laughs> and even races like Kansas, like it's absolutely crazy at the front um, where I am. But the back of the race, there's there's plenty of people having a party back there. So <laughs> so the, the the two, I I think they can coexist. Um, okay. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, that, that sounds that sounds really good. Good. It's um, great. 
So it's also it's also great because if you if you in, intend to be serious and then you have a really really bad day in the first half, then you can just go to the back of the race and have a really nice time. <laughs> <laughs> so you, then you're still enjoying the enjoying yes. the day. Yes, yeah? yes, it's always a, an experience. <laughs> so racing gets more and more in the U.S. Racing get gets bigger, um, and slowly it started to to grow in in Europe. Do you have the plan to come to Europe one day to promote gravel racing and compete um, at Europe's races? Yes, I mean, that would obviously be a dream. I think, you know, every young cyclist, when they, they start getting into into riding more and into racing, um, it's 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 the dream to go to Europe. Um, as an American, we're like, you know, we see like the love that, you know, Europe has for the sport. Um, And it's it's hard not to be a little bit jealous, um, <laughs> or like you know want to want to experience that someday. Um, so I would I would love if it happened for gravel over there. Um, I certainly think there's there's opportunity, and I've seen some small small races. Um, yeah. There's a few in uh, there's a few in Spain. There's one I just saw in Finland. Um, there's Lawrence Lawrence Tendam has... has a couple now. <laughs> um, Yeah. yeah. So there's little ones. I hope it grows because I would love nothing more than to have like an, an international schedule um, instead yeah. of just like flying back and forth between <laughs> like California and the Midwest for <laughs> for months. Um, that would obviously be a much more interesting time for me. And I think, you know, I, I think this 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 sport, I think gravel deserves to, to grow that big, too. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your goals for for this year? Any big races coming up, or? Uh, yes, uh, lots, lots of races. Um, Kansas is definitely kind of our world championships, um, so that's over, um, and it's nice to kind of have that big result or a good result there, um, mm -hmm. and take a little bit of the pressure off. Um, but we have plenty of other races that maybe. I don't know, don't get as much media attention, but over here they're still really big and really important. Um, I have one called Crusher and the Tushers. It's um, on July 10th, and then a week after that is the Belgian Waffle Ride in San Diego, which is a really big one that's been going on for a long time. And I know it sounds very casual and silly, but it is very serious. Um, <laughs> um, and then I am training for the Leadville 100, which is a 100-mile mountain bike race up at altitude. Um, and then the day after that, um, which is crazy, I know, but um, the day after that is another big gravel race in Colorado called um, Steamboat Gravel. And that one, I believe, is also going to be um, broadcast, um, just like Kansas was. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure who owns the, the rights to that, um, but it will be available to watch. And I but think, you know... you will compete in both races. So one day, yes, a little warm-up, <laughs> 100 miles mountain bike <laughs> And the next, okay. Yes, I yeah. think I. Well, I think I. I plan to race the the mountain bike race, and then um, I plan to survive the the, the, the day after. <laughs> I am not sure if I will be at the front, but I guess anything is possible. Um, yeah. That that weekend is more about just proving that it's it's possible to to complete both, um, and sort of looking at it as this maybe two day stage race of like an ultra endurance event. So. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and then I have um, a couple stage races up in Canada as well. Um, mm-hmm. So we are seeing we are seeing racing kind of grow beyond just the just the United States um, already, um, which is great. So I'm I'm really looking forward to those as well. That sounds really good, but it sounds like a really full schedule. So um, <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for for the time. Um, mm-hmm. for the podcast and we wish you all the all the best for the upcoming races and uh, hope to see you really soon in Europe yes I would I would love to come if you make a race I will be there <laughs> <laughs> okay, <that's>, I promise <laughs> <we will. laughs> Perfect. So, wonderful thanks a lot yes so nice to talk to you <laughs> bye 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 bye